Father, we love you, and we just come this morning just to say, all hail King Jesus, Lord of heaven and earth. We thank you so much for your presence. We thank you for joining us as we sing, as we worship this morning. We pray that you're glorified, God, through the worship that we brought this morning. We pray that you speak to us through your word. God, just speak to our hearts. Do what you need to do in us. God, have your way in us this morning. God, we love you. We give you this service. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look in Matthew chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 18 through 25 today. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. This is how the Messiah was born. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sex relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. So, very difficult thing for Joseph and Mary. It appears that Joseph and Mary were just rocking along. Either they were, uh, you know, assigned by their parents to marry each other or they chose each other, we're not sure. But oftentimes back in those days, there were assigned marriages. Now we do know the engagement, the betrothal period of time in the marriage time, there was a Jewish culture that they would be engaged for about a year. Then after, the, after that year, they would have the wedding ceremony and they would be united in marriage. Now, you know they were having parties. You know they were having what we would do is have showers where you would shower on them blessings and gifts and things like that. I'm sure that they were receiving lots of attention and people were giving them advice, as you do. And, and I'm sure around the life of Joseph and Mary at this time, there was lots of anticipation and lots of excitement. Mary, much like girls in our culture, they grow up, they go to weddings, they look and see how weddings are performed, how wedding ceremonies take place. They look at the flowers, they, they, they look at how it's all arranged, they think about how the reception's going to be, and, and, and as, we've, as I personally have witnessed lately, um, Caroline Ledford had a notebook that had to be yay thick with wedding information in it. And when we first met to talk about the wedding, she brought that notebook in here and I went, my, my, my. 
She's got a thick one. I've seen other ones, but hers might be the thickest I've ever seen. And in there were the, all the decorations and all the things and everything that's got to be done. And it had, had us going. There was a great deal of excitement in her life over that uh, wedding that, was, that just took place a couple weeks ago. And so we probably have a little bit of that with Mary and Joseph. And then all of a sudden, their plans, their excitement... They're thinking about tomorrow and thinking about the future and how things are going to go is interrupted, <clears throat> and it's interrupted by God. I, I would like to have been there when Mary breaks the news to Joseph. Joseph, I got, I got some news for you, and I, I don't really know where to start or how to start. He might have said, well, start at the first. He said, she said, well... I don't know how to explain this, and I hope that you'll believe me, but I'm with child. I'm pregnant. And Joseph probably went, what? You're what? She says, I, I'm pregnant. He says, well, well, how are you pregnant? And, of course, immediately his mind goes to, you've been unfaithful to me. How, how dare you do this? I can just see Joseph just spinning and just going, why in the world would you betray me? We, we had so many dreams. We had so much excitement. I was so looking forward to marrying you and, and starting a family. And, and, and you know, Mary is going, Joseph, you're the one for me. I love you. I've been faithful to you. I, I, I have not I have not been unfaithful to you in any way. He said, well, how in the world did this happen? Well, Mary just goes, I don't have a clue. I don't know how this happened. I just know that I'm going to have a child, and I just know that I've been faithful to you. Joseph loved her, and he thought through it a little bit, and he, he, he decided that, that he would divorce her as they would go through a ceremony or time, and when you're engaged, you would go through, when that, you're not going to go forward with a wedding, you would have a, a, a religious ceremony when, or religious uh, proceedings where uh, the engagement was broke off. And, and he loved her and he cared for her, and he was a good man, the Scripture tells us. And so Joseph, he's not going to make a big deal about it. It's not going to be a public matter. He's going to do it quietly. He's going to do it secretly. And, and he's going to do his very best to protect Mary, her reputation, her heart, her situation. And so he just decides that he is going to take care of her in a very quiet way. Well, as he considers this, verse 20, as he considers this, he's considering divorcing her quietly. He's considering that she's with child, but he's going to do the very best thing he can do for her with the circumstances they have. He's just going to walk away very quietly, and he's going to protect her best he can, and he's going to move along, and he's not going to stir up much trouble. He's going to protect her family. He's going to protect all her friends. He, he's just going to just kind of slip away, and as he's considering all this... now. As he's considering all this, he's considering all this with great conflict and great struggle. When I, when I think back in my own journey with God, 
Before I became a believer, there was no struggle and there was no conflict. I've heard people say that that they drove by a church and it always bothered them before Christ. They'd always thought about what goes on in that room. They thought about other Christian people they have met and they they always wondered about those things. Not me. I, I don't ever remember being concerned. I was never in any conflict. I was not in any struggle about spiritual things. I never gave a thought. If, if I heard someone say they were going to church, I, we've had some neighbors through the years uh, when I was growing up that were uh, unrecognized now were believers, and they, they made some attempts, I remember back then, to get us in church. And of course, what they did was they said, we're taking our kids to Bible school. Let Lee go with us. And I went to two Bible schools when I was a kid and literally got kicked out of one of them. And they asked me not to come back. That's an absolute true story. And I don't know why they kicked me out, but I've, I've been very strong and very stubborn about this. If a kid really messes up in Bible school, we're going to do all we can not to kick them out. Because I remember getting kicked out of that. And I remember walking home. And when I got home, I told my mother, they don't want me going back up there to the Bible school anymore. And she said, well, how bad are you? And I remember that very clearly. I said, well, bad enough. They don't want me up there, I guess. And, and it's funny because my parents still live, live in that neighborhood. And, and when I go home, I drive by that church all the time. And I think, yep, they kicked me out right there. <laughs> they kicked me out. But th- there was no conflict. There was no struggle. There, there was just no, eh, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's not a big deal to me. I went to a couple of weddings. Went to my grandfather's funeral when I was five years old. Went to two vacation Bible schools, and I went to a couple of weddings. One I was in, don't remember it. I was a little bit of kid. And, and I remember going to another wedding with my mom and dad. Don't remember anything about it. That's all my church activity. And then one day, a friend of mine that I'd grown up with, that we've been close friends, his name is James Arthur Edmondson III. We call him Shrimp. He said, man, we want you to go to church with us. I said, you go to church? He said, yeah, I just started this summer. This is really a cool place, and we want you to go with us. And, I, I, and he says, man, there's a lot of good-looking girls there. All right, I'm in. I'm in for the girls. <laughs> and so I went with him. And, and on the way home, he had a couple other buddies with him. Steve Spear and Don Hulse is their names. And, and they said, come, you're going to ride with us. And I remember we got into Steve's old Datsun. That was before Nissan had Datsuns back then. And we're driving down the road, and, and I'd gone to church with him, and it was Wednesday night, and, and a lot of youth was there, and there was a sermon, there was singing, uh, there was all that stuff, and man, I was just kind of going, what's going on here? I mean, I know you. You're going to church, you know? And I'm thinking about this, and they, we crossed the Contra River on, on Paint Rock Road there and went to a little uh, uh, park that's there, and they parked the car. And, and they said, Brewer, we need to talk with you. And I said, what about? He says, well, we, we're concerned about your salvation, and we want to talk with you. And I said, well, get after it. What do you, what do you mean salvation? What do you mean that? He says, well, we're, talk, we're talking about after you die. Do you know where you're going to spend eternity? And I said, no. I never thought about it. Never wondered about it. And they said, well, how have you never wondered about it? I remember saying, 
dude, I never wondered about it. I'll be all right, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I guess you're just gone. It's it. And, and for the very first time in my life, I heard the story of Jesus. Heard the story of Jesus. And they shared with me about Jesus. They told me what, what he did on the cross. And I took it all in, and I listened to him. And I remember them saying, as I've done many times since then, you know, do you want to receive Christ? And I went, no, I don't. Well, what do you think about this story we just tell you? I said, it's crazy. It's a crazy story. God became a man. That's Christmas. Oh, it is? That's Christmas? He became a man for us. He died on the cross to pay for my sins. I don't, I mean, I'm pretty bad. I, they knew I was. I said, I, I didn't know that was sin. And, I, and I'm talking to them about all this stuff. And, and I said, no. Nah. Well, they said, well, just think about it. We wanted to keep on taking you to church with us. I said, all right. I mean, they're my friends, you know? And so no struggle before that conversation. After that conversation, conflict and struggle began. Now, I've always had conflict with anger and conflict with struggle before, but it had nothing to do with God. But after that conversation, I began to have conflict and struggle. Conflict and struggle with, is it true? Is it real? Is Jesus really the Son of God? Did Jesus really come into this world? Is that true? Can, can I, can, it, did Jesus really die on the cross for my sins? And, and I remember there was a time of two or three months there that I had great struggle and great conflict inside. And they kept on following up with me, and they kept on talking with me, and they would say, hey, man, brother, have you been thinking about what we talked about? I said, yeah, I have. And are you going to go to church with us tonight? I said, yeah, I'll go with you tonight. Come by and get me. And I kept on going. And I watched those people. I, I watched them, and I began to listen, and, and I saw love, and I saw forgiveness, and I saw acceptance, and I saw people getting together and loving each other that, that was really unusual for me. And I saw things that I had never seen before. And, and that conflict began to kind of simmer down a little bit. And that struggle began to simmer down a little bit. And inside, I went from questioning the things of God questioning the plan of salvation. And at some point in those two or three months, I went to not really understanding anything about it, never thinking about it, to being presented the good news about Jesus, and, and then going through lots of conflict and lots of struggle as I considered this. And, and I think I had a visitation I had a visitation for the Holy Spirit because I can remember going from struggling in conflict and having all these questions and being very critical and cynical of what I was told about the good news about Jesus, and I started wanting to believe it. 
I started wanting to believe it. Now, I understand now that's a work of the Holy Spirit. I understand now that God took his message, that seed was planted, and, that, and he was causing that seed to maturate and grow. And I, I went from no conflict, no thoughts about the things of God, no spiritual questioning, to conflict and struggle inside, and then now I want to believe. And I'd go up and down. I'd want to believe. The next day, I was kind of, I'm not sure about this. The next day, man, I really want this to be true. I would love for it to be true. And I went from never thinking about it to having conflict and struggle about truth of it to I really want it to be true. I would love for what they told me to be true. And I began to think about it. And as I consider this, I transitioned from struggle, conflict, to I want it to be true. Now, that's what Joseph is going through from my perspective. He's going through, nothing going on. He, Mary gets pregnant. They're engaged. He knows it's not him. He's, he's questioning her faithfulness to him. He's questioning her love. And as he's considering putting her away quietly, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And the angel said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. You see, he received the truth of it. He received the truth. He was in conflict. He was in struggle. And now the angel of the Lord comes and speaks to him in a dream and gives him the true skinny of what had taken place. And he says, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, that's a lot to take in in a dream. You've been chosen. You are to have a son. You are to name him Jesus. He is the Messiah. He will take people from their sins. You, you know... Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And he says, this, was, this happened, this occurred, so that the prophet's message, by the way, 700, basically 700 years, up down a little bit, 700 years before Jesus was born, Isaiah says, look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Fulfillment of prophecy, 700 years before the birth of Jesus. That causes struggle, doesn't it? That causes conflict. I wonder, in his dream, was Joseph conscious of the fact that he wanted it to be true? Wouldn't it be wonderful if it's true? Wouldn't it be wonderful if Mary really is faithful to me? Wouldn't it be wonderful if God really is bringing the Messiah into the world through us? And there had to be a real transition from the struggle and the conflict to the possibility that it's true. When you came to know Christ, when you began to believe in him, you went from, from some... Uh, far condition of faith. And then when you began to hear the words, when the Holy Spirit began to speak to you, 
you began to consider the possibility of it and consider the possibility of it, then might have transitioned to wanting it to be true and having times where you believed it was true and realizing, I'm beginning to believe in this. I'm beginning to accept the message of God. I'm beginning to to find that I want this to be true. And I think that's what Joseph goes through. And that's what he's, he's happening as he considers it. And it says in verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. He didn't have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. So, Joseph's rocking along. All's good. Mary's a good and boy. You chose well, or they chose well for you. And Joseph goes, yeah, I'm looking forward to Mary. She's cute, ain't she? I like her. I think she's funny. She's fun to be around. I'm going to enjoy being married to her. And I'm sure Mary said, man, I'm so glad that I get to marry Joseph, and I, I can't wait to see how all that's going to work out. And then the news of the virgin conception happened. Oh, the conflict and struggle. How could she do this to me? And then the visitation of the Lord to him through the spirit of the Lord, through the angel of the Lord saying, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. This has happened by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's a crazy story. That's a difficult story to accept. How in the world can that be? How in the world could, could God out there deposit a baby in my fiancé? I mean... This story, he will, he will save people from their sins, and he struggles, and he has conflict with that story, and then he begins to believe it, and he follows through with obedience. So I went to church over and over, and I'd, I'd listen. I'd hear questions. I'd meet with those guys from time to time. I'd, I remember asking them this and that and the other. I, I find that's really interesting because today I'm not real skeptical. I receive the message as it is. Uh, I don't sit around and think about what's wrong with this or that and the other. I just believe, and I enjoy my belief, and I'm excited to believe, and I love God, and, and man, he's made all the difference in my, in my life, in my world. My world is better. My, my life is so much better with Jesus than it would have been without. He has blessed me. He has given me so much. And so in those very difficult passages, you understand, and the difficult things that God does out there, and when many people have conflict and struggle, I don't have conflict and struggle now because I discovered that this message is true. But back then, I had conflict and struggle, and I began to want to believe, and finally I came to the place where I said, I, I'm going to act on this. And I went to him and I says, man, I'm, I'm you asked me if I was ready to receive the Lord. I wasn't back then, but I'm ready now. I want salvation. I want forgiveness. Now I realize I want to go to heaven when I die. I want this. And they said, good, let's meet with the youth pastor and let's talk through this. And we did. And I remember him asking me, he says, do you have any questions now? I said, nope. 
is this something you really believe God wants you to do? I said, yep, are you serious? Are you really going to make this commitment? And I said, yes, sir. Now, I understand now that my knowledge of God then compared to now, it would be a comparison that back then you would say I didn't know him. But as far as I knew back then, I was absolutely 100% convinced that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God. And I believed in him. And I trusted him, and I prayed that prayer with him. But I was already a believer before I prayed that prayer. And I prayed, and I said, man, he said, now you've been born again. And I'm just going, I believe in him. I trust in him. I, I, I was obedient. I committed myself to him. And that's what Joseph does here. He wakes up from the sleep. The dream got his attention. The words of the Lord, the truth of the Lord got his attention, and he did just as the angel of the Lord commanded him to do. And the conflict and the struggle was replaced with belief and obedience, and that led to peace of mind and heart. Now we got the Christmas story here. It's Christmas time. We've heard the story over and over and over. It's funny, you know, I'd start studying the Christmas messages and the Christmas story from the Scripture, and I think, man, how many times have I done Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25? Is there anything new I can throw in this week? Is there anything different I can put out there? Everyone has heard this. I mean, it gets, man, does it get old? No, it doesn't get old. It's not finding something new. It's just talking about what is and letting what is be enough. It's not great speech. It's not eloquence. It's just talking about a great thing. Now, you might be at one of those points in your life. There may be real conflict and struggle about Jesus. You may have been having those, those skeptical thoughts those, for a long time, and you've been wondering about it. Is, is, there any, is there any thoughts of, man, I wish it was true? I want it to be true? You know, my mom and dad really believe it's true. My grandpa really believes it's true. My my friend that I know at work really believes it's true. You know, my wife believes it's true, or my husband believes it's true, and I'm not quite sure about it. But, but do, you have, do you have some possibilities building in you? Now, if you do, it's the angel of the Lord visiting you, the Holy Spirit speaking to you. The angel of the Lord for Joseph, the Holy Spirit for us today. And, and if you sense that there's some want to building in you. There's some possibility building in you. That's of the Holy Spirit. And what you need to do is just lay aside the conflict, the struggle, and believe and trust him and see what he does with you. Walk out with faith and obedience, believing, and, and, and you'll experience the Christmas thrill that Jesus really is the Son of God, that he really is the Messiah, that he really truly came to forgive us of our sins. 
So this is how the story of Jesus' birth happened. Great conflict and struggle. Great conflict and struggle. There was great conflict and struggle finding a place. There was great conflict and struggle with Herod. There was great conflict and struggle with the wise men finding the Messiah, finding the king. The story of the birth of Jesus is surrounded with conflict and struggle. It's, it, there's conflict and struggle with our human thoughts, with our reason. But the difference maker is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that it is true. So, if you've had a thought a time or two, if you've had a consideration that it may be true, that's not from you, that's from the Holy Spirit. Embrace it. Receive it. Believe it. Enjoy it. What a difference for Joseph. He's considering all this, and he's thinking about divorcing her quietly. And he goes from that to loving her, caring for his son, and being the dad that would prepare Jesus for the human side of things, of being the Messiah. As it says, and Joseph named him Jesus. So, do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? May his spirit speak to your heart on that question. Lord, help us to reason with you. Help us to lay aside the conflict and struggle if it's there and embrace the truth of your good news that Jesus Christ came, that he emptied himself, that he became a man for us, and he beheld your glory. And we see what you're like. We know what you're like. We see what love is. We see what grace is. We see what forgiveness is through Jesus. And he shows us how you are, God. He reveals your heart to us. So help us today, Lord, to celebrate in spirit and truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. Ushers, please come forward.